1: Welcome into the Inside Carolina Post Game Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. We're sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Carolina blows out Marquette in round one. Game podcast, I bring in Inside Carolina's own uh dual podcast
0: host, Taylor Vipless. Vip, what's up, man? It's it's great to be here. It's great to talk about a Carolina win. Uh, you, you never want to be one of the teams going home uh before you know Armando Baycott said he packed like four to five outfits. He wants the chance to wear some, so it looks like he's gonna at least have the opportunity to wear a couple more the next coming days. Indeed, Carolina ninety-five sixty-three over Marquette. Fun
1: fact: I was on the way home. This four-thirty start time not conducive for folks that work a nine-to-five or eight-to-five. I uh, was on the way home. It sounded like it was ten to eight forever. I get home at the media timeout. Um, takes me a while to get the TV on. Carolina is up eighteen to eight, and VIP from there, they just absolutely wore out
0: Marquette. Yeah, I think the the one run Carolina went on was like a 20 to two run where Carolina was getting every look they wanted with RJ Davis kind of being the, the initiator of the offense. And he was, he was dicing up the Marquette defense. And then on the other end, you have somebody like Justin Lewis for Marquette, who's averaging 17 points per game. And he's, he's a, a all big East type player Leaky goes on him as the defender and leaky is leaky is an, essentially an eraser at this point where he takes one person from this Marquette team away. And Justin Lewis had uh, zero points at halftime. He finished two of fifteen from the field. So I think I think as as ideal of a draw you could have for this Carolina win today, Carolina went out there and executed their game plan to a T.
1: Yeah, you can have a good draw, but unless you go do it, and like you said, Carolina absolutely did it. One thing that uh, we'll talk more about it as the podcast goes on, but one thing I like the most about this game from this Carolina team is Shaka Smart basically told his guys at one of those early timeouts, let's try to bully them. Let's try to get in their heads. Let's try to get physical with them. They tried to do it to Caleb Love. And Carolina, for the first time, maybe second time all year, really stood up to that and was able to just back – you know, more sale down, back Marquette, back down, Caleb Love in the first half. Uh, you, you know, we've talked a lot about him lately and we've talked about how he can be really good or really, really bad. Well, that first half was as good as Caleb Love has been all year.
0: Yeah, and if, if your idea for this Carolina team is them making a, a deep run into the tournament, it's going to take somebody like Caleb Love having a a UConn, Kemba-like like run in this tournament and you saw in the first half why that, why that is possible when he gets going. Like I tweeted kind of jokingly, but not jokingly that much when, when Caleb love hits his first shot of the game, he turns into a completely different basketball player where you know you, you you blink and you're like, you know, am I watching Steph Curry or like Michael Jordan out there with with the confidence that love plays with? So it was it was almost like the second he hit his first couple of shots, you were like, Okay, we, we know what Caleb Love we're gonna get. And I think I think this game kind of shows the the blueprint for a, a long Carolina run where you try to play through Armando Baycott in the post, you have somebody like Brady Manic, who is as ideal of a compliment to somebody like Baycott with Hubert Davis's more modern offense in the stretch four. And then it's going to take somebody like Caleb Love playing, you know, well above his, his normal level when we, we talk about, we, Caleb Love is probably the most talked about player f- for good or for bad for this Carolina team. And when when you say when you talk about how good Caleb Love can be, it's normally in you know one two minute kind of stretches and bursts in a game. But today was a game where he put it together for uh, a majority of the game. And like you mentioned, it was it was a game where Marquette was going to challenge him. They had so uh, getting in his face, choking him out the the rear naked <laughs> chokes and. The, the crippler cross faces breaking out some WWE moves in Fort Worth, but Caleb love, he, he kept his head. He responded and he, he had one of his best games in a UNC uniform in one of their biggest spots. Yeah. And, and nobody backed down. I mean,
1: everybody, RJ jumped onto that pile, gave the flying knee drop uh, to uh, believe Colick trying to get the ball in there. So it, it got a little hectic and that was my thing is seeing Carolina deal with the, that that to- sort of play. Cause I, they're going to see it on Saturday. I mean, Marquette, I think um, is a mini version of what Baylor's going to bring Carolina on Saturday, but let's, let's stick on this one. You mentioned Leaky Black on the defensive end, erased uh, Marquette's best player. And when that happened, that game was virtually over, but look at Leaky's line, four points, seven rebounds, eight assists, just another fabulous game for the senior.
0: Yeah. He's, he's never going to be somebody who is scoring 20 points per game. And Honestly, this this Carolina team doesn't need him to be, and he knows that. what What he does for this Carolina team, he excels in his role. He's a facilitator. He's a lockdown defender. He's a good rebounder. Where, you know, it's it's like the Duke game where all four start all four starters except for Leaky Black go for twenty plus points, and he he does chip in here and there with a couple of timely baskets. But he he knows his role on this team, and he he excels at it. I think. Yeah, I mean,
1: he doesn't have to score. His scoring's a bonus. So we saw how his scoring can help this team in, in Virginia Tech game early in the season or in the midseason. Um, but eight assists, seven rebounds. If, if he gives Carolina that on Saturday, I like their chances. Another guy um, we will keep it on the, the little guy, R.J. Davis. Four points, just one of ten shooting, one of five from three. But when they said he had 12 assists, I had to go look to make sure Jim Jackson hadn't you know, misread a typo or something. 12 assists for RJ. Great facilitator on this one. Had guys to throw it to, but hadn't always been the case that they've gotten it in the right place. They got it in the right place today.
0: Yeah, that was that was one of the key points that I made um, when I was taking notes from this game where sometimes... Sometimes you'll you'll see like the analytics and the numbers from games and sometimes like it's not matching the eye test but I think the eye test for this Carolina team this this past half of the season where they have turned it on they look significantly better when it is RJ Davis initiating the offense and Caleb Love is playing more off ball and the numbers don't always back that up at times but from the eye test alone, I think, I think that does back it up. And I think that's why you see somebody like Hubert Davis going back to Davis as his, his initiator more and more where Davis, if, if, you know, Marquette's trying to switch Davis has the speed to get around centers. And then you have manic spacing the floor out. You have love spacing the floor out. You have the dump off option to Baycott. So I think, With this Carolina team, one of the one of the biggest changes that they've kind of had from the beginning of the year to where this team is now and why they've kind of made so, so, um, so much progress and so much development has been moving RJ Davis to that primary ball handler and kind of letting him run the show. Yeah, and it it takes the weight off Caleb Love, who sometimes plays
1: with the weight of the game and the way the world on his shoulders and R.J. Shoney can handle it. 12 assists, one turnover, um, one of his better games. Uh, I mean, I know he went nuts in the scoring column a couple times, but 12-1 and one from your point guard uh, is winning basketball, especially in the tournament. Baycott was Baycott. I mean, there's there's really no reason t- for us to spend a whole lot of time talking about him. Another double-doubles, 17-10. T- uh, and 10. Um, He had his way in there. So I'm going to go to the other big. We mentioned him earlier, Brady Manick. 10 for 15, five for 10 from three-point line, three for three from the free throw line that started Carolina on the run when it was 10 to eight. Man, it's got to be good for him to come and play that way in Texas after being at Oklahoma for four years and and having his family in front of him. You got to love it.
0: Yeah, that was, that was, uh, really interesting to hear him talk about it in, in the lead up to this game where you know he's he's from like three three and a half hours outside of uh, Fort Worth where they're playing so like he was going to have a bunch of people come to this game and he put on a show for them today with with his performance and like I mentioned earlier he he's just he's as good a compliment as you could find for somebody like Armando Baycott with his ability to stretch the floor and when When I went to the a c c tournament and I was sitting on press row, I think the biggest takeaway I had from watching those games is that when this team is out on the court, manic is the unquestioned like vocal leader where you know he he's constantly talking on defense he's constantly bringing the team together in in dead ball situations, and it's 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 been you know really cool to see him come in as a transfer and be embraced so quickly with this team and kind of establish himself as a leader when you know it's it's only a couple of months when we were sitting here on these podcasts talking about you know where is this leadership going to come from for for this Carolina team and Hubert Davis was talking about in his post game press conferences early in the year like we don't have any leaders well now you're looking on the court and you're you you watch Brady Manic play and he looks like a confident player who has been in these moments before.
1: Yeah, he absolutely does. Uh, I mean, 28 11. Uh, I mean, I can't believe he missed five shots because I, I remember a couple missed shots. Baycott, of course, I mentioned earlier, 17 and 10. Uh, key stat the assists to made baskets. Carolina loves that stat. It's a good stat showing the sharing the ball 29 assists, 34 made baskets. I think it was 29 to 32 or 31. Um, before the guys got in off the bench, VIP. Anything we haven't talked about on the offensive side and on the scoring side, because there are a couple things that I want to hit um, before we get out of here on the other side of the ball or on the other end of the floor. But your take on Carolina's offense in this one?
0: Yeah, I think the the biggest point I would make with the offense is to be a good team in the tournament. You have to rebound the ball well and you have to shoot the three well. And Carolina out-rebounds Marquette by 15 rebounds. They out-rebound them on the offensive end. I think it was like 13 to 11 on the offensive end, and I think like five or six of Marquettes came on one possession where they just kept tipping the ball back and forth to each other. And then they outscore Marquette by 15 points on just three-pointers alone, all the while shooting it on a, a much more effective percentage. So this, this is the recipe for Carolina to make a run out-rebounding teams and out-shooting teams, and you, and you could see why Hubert Davis wanted to switch his offense to a more modern style with this current personnel because when, when they execute and th- their legs aren't tired like they were in that Virginia Tech game, that this is a team that you know can play really high-level basketball. Yeah, the, Carolina dominates the
1: stats. 52-37 in rebounds, 15-13 to 13 offensive rebounds. Of course, they killed them on the defensive glass. Second-chance points. Uh, Marquette got them on bench points, points in the paint, Carolina. Fast-break points, Carolina. Uh, just a all-around solid game. Now, here, here's a couple things that um, gave me pause a little bit, and I'm not sure um, if I hadn't changed my mind as we've been talking. You mentioned that play when – uh, Marquette was able to tap it to themselves repeatedly to get repeated, repeated second chance um, opportunities. Baylor's going to try to do that a plenty on Saturday. But one thing that I think may help Carolina in this Baylor game is the way Marquette and Shaka Smart continued to press um, at times. And Carolina was able to effectively break it for the most part. They did have a couple wobbles, but your take on Carolina's position moving forward against Baylor, I'll freely admit I did not watch a second of the Baylor game, um, and they are missing a couple of players. But your thoughts on Carolina's mindset going into Saturday?
0: Yeah, Baylor, I watched the Baylor game. It's it's hard to take a lot away from a performance against Norfolk State, but, I mean, Baylor Baylor earned a one seed for a reason. the The only counter I would have to that is that, Carolina is not your typical eight seed that a one seed looks forward to playing or a one seed wants to see in, in their second round matchup. And the metrics back that up with the starting five being one of the most efficient starting fives in the country. I think, uh, I think it was going into the ACC tournament. UNC starting five was around like the 12th or 13th most efficient starting five in the country. So it, it does show you that this starting five can go toe to toe with anybody in the country. Now their weakness is that they aren't the deepest of teams, but you, you have a day's rest now in between this game and the Baylor game on Saturday, the blowout for sure helps where Armando Baycott doesn't even have to play 30 minutes. Brady Manick gets the rest for seven minutes. RJ Davis rests for 10 minutes and then uh, leaky black and Caleb love, they play 34 minutes. I think they that that number should have been about you know 31, 32, but there it, it was just such a a long wait for for the next dead ball. I think if you're Coach Davis, you got to look at Puff Johnson and be like, hey, I need you, I need you to take a foul right now, so I can get these guys <laughs> out of the game. Um, but really, if if your biggest complaint in this game is that R.J. David, I mean, uh, Caleb Love played 34 minutes and you, you didn't get to rest them for a, a one seed coming up, it, it's, it's pretty much all roses right now for, for this Carolina team heading into Saturday. And the, the other thing is, you know, Baylor is in Fort Worth. All the pressure, it's, it's almost like the Duke game again, where all the pressure is on Baylor. Like, nobody is realistically outside of Carolina's building, nobody's going into that game expecting them to pull off the upset or giving them much of a chance despite the fact that this starting five can go toe to toe with anybody in the country. So I think it's, it's again a situation where Carolina's is kind of playing with house money and um, we'll see kind of how, how that shapes up with, with Baylor considering the fact that they are missing their leading scorer. And then, you have to, you have to consider the fact that leaky black is most likely going to take away at least one of their main options. So then it kind of gets to, you know, how, how efficient can the rest of the teams and whoever their replacements are and how efficient they can be.
1: Yeah. Baylor is, uh, looking at their stats, Akinjo played 35 minutes for them today, but they sort of split it up. They've got six guys in the twenties, one guy at 10, uh, mayor led their scoring with 22 Flo Thamba with 14, uh. You know, playing 34 minutes is one thing. Playing 34 minutes in a blowout's is another. And I don't think that was a very stressful game for North Carolina, um, especially not in the second half, sort of a smooth 34 minutes. We'll see how it goes. But, yeah, if that's the biggest complaint, then Carolina's done pretty well. And it's been that way all year, and they, they've reacted um, pretty good on it. And if you're hot, you want to stay hot and keep right on rolling, keep right on playing. Carolina wins big. Baylor wins big. Carolina and Baylor in Fort Worth on Saturday. No idea on the game time at this point unless they've announced it while we're doing this here at 7 p.m. Eastern. But, Vip, it's always a pleasure, my man. The pleasure is all mine, Tommy. Johnny T-shirt and johnnytshirt.com, of course, they're our friends, sponsors of this show. Take care of them if you're Inside Carolina Premium subscriber. Rate us, review us. Uh, Watch Vip and Justin Jackson on their pods. Check us out on On The Beat. And VIP also on the Heels for Life pods. If you haven't seen those, make sure you check them out in our YouTube channel and on the podcast channel, InsideCarolina.com. Till Saturday. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.